to the Power of Five podcast with Glenn Blakeney. Join us for revelatory teaching as well as riveting discussions and guest interviews on all things fivefold ministry. Well, hello everyone. Glenn Blakeney here and welcome to the Power of Five podcast. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. Such an honor to have you guys listening all over the world. And thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast and letting others know about it. It is my prayer that in this time of reformation, we will embrace the power of five working together to see great grace restored to the church and the kingdom of God advance to the nations of the world. Well, on today's episode of The Power of Five, going to be sharing an excerpt from a recent webinar I did on seven shifts to the apostolic. The church in the New Testament was foundationally and primarily apostolic, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Ephesians 2.20 is very clear about that, but apostolic in the sense that it was all about advancing the kingdom of God and seeing the people of God raised up and sent out. The word apostelos in Greek means to send out. I pray that you enjoy this episode, and please do subscribe if you've not already done so. God bless you guys. Let's uh, look at seven significant apostolic shifts the church must make today. If we are going to impact the world, if we're going to reach more people with the gospel, here are, I believe, seven things that we need to do. Now, again, this is not an all-inclusive list. There's obviously other things I'm sure that you could come up with that it's important in seeing the church become more effective and more missional and having a greater impact in the world. But the first thing is we have to move away from a modern pastoral paradigm to the ancient apostolic approach to ministry, meaning this, that pastors, where you go to a church and you have a pastor who does all the ministry, and maybe a, they have some staff members, but they do all the ministry and they minister to you. And, and you know, if they don't um, give you the time that you deserve or or treat you the way <laughs> you think you should be treated, you know, they, people get offended, people leave churches. Um, and it's all about a consumer mentality. I'm going to church and, and, uh, I need a pastor and I need this, but the, the apostolic certainly ministers to you and shows pastoral care, but the apostolic is about, let's not leave you as someone who's dependent on a leader. Let's not leave you as someone who's just, um, not growing and not changing, but let's challenge you and let's equip you and let's call out of you and and pull out of you the the potential that God has for your life to see you transformed and and raised up so you can fulfill your destiny and live like Jesus on the earth and and make a kingdom impact in your city, your nation, wherever you may be, regardless if you're in the marketplace or full-time ministry or whatever. So that's a significant shift that has to take place. And then for those of you who were in the last session, we talked about the difference between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom, which uh, by and large is based upon our misunderstanding of the gospel of salvation. So we need to recognize the gospel of the kingdom. Then thirdly, from pressing people to make a decision for Jesus to leading people into discipleship. 
There's so much pressure put on people today. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. Say this prayer, put up your hand, you know, and and I believe in the urgency of, uh, you know, people coming to Christ. It's an urgent thing. I believe in that. But what is happening often is we get people to confess or, or make a profession. And in reality, inside, they've not really grasped what the gospel is. And we need to focus more on discipleship, not just while we get them to quote unquote, accept Jesus, then we disciple them. That's not the way you see Jesus by and large, or even the apostle Paul, for example, in Acts 19 working, he's preaching, he's teaching, and he's contending, and he's he's refuting their, their arguments, even when he's dealing with the Jews, and he's speaking to them about the kingdom of God, and and people are listening eagerly, and and he's ministering to them this gospel and, and telling them what it's like to be a follower of Jesus and to be uh, a member of God's household and, and be in his kingdom. And, and people are listening and, and they're, the, the revelation is just soaking in their spirits and eventually they're getting this and, and they're wanting to follow him out of not compulsion or, or being in any way compelled but just uh, they want to do it out of their own spirit and, and free will. The church needs to move away from superficial relationships, fleeting relationships where we see people just for a few moments before or after a gathering and really start focusing on building community. So important. We need to build community time together where grace and honor are modeled so many people need to see that grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the unconditional love of God the Father, and uh, how we respect and honor people. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by your love one for another. So moving into authentic community, we need to shift from passive participation, just going to church, uh, quote unquote, to actually active engagement where we become the church and we are mobilized for mission. So important. So many people, I'm going to church. I'm trying to get rid of that language. Um, we are the church. We don't go to church. We go into all the world. We go to gather. I get that. We, we go to assemble with other believers to worship, to pray, to be taught. I get all that. And that's important. We don't want to forsake the assembling together of ourselves. We need one another. There's over uh, 40 commandments in the New Testament talk about one another and how the body will not truly grow until each part is, is making its contribution. But we need to do more than just show up because there are a lot of people that are showing up, but they're not growing up. There are a lot of people that have been very successful in life, especially people that are now older, but they still lack significance. And what the younger generation is looking for, especially is significance, purpose, you know, doing something, missions, um, you know, being radical, doing something all sold out to God and, and really going, living uh, life on mission. Very, very powerful. Moving from just intellectual knowledge about God, well, we memorize the four spiritual laws. We we memorize the, you know, the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing those things. But if it's only up here, if it's only intellectual, 
then that's not enough. We are to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. John, that's 2 Peter 3.18. The grace and knowledge of Jesus, not the necessarily the word. The word teaches us about Jesus. And we need to study the word and we should know the word. I spend hours every week in the word, but the point I'm trying to make here is the word points us to Jesus. Jesus said in John five, you diligently study the scripture and these scriptures testify of me, but yet you refuse to come to me that you might have eternal life. So you can study the scriptures and have your life is you're not connected to Jesus. You don't know Jesus. So there needs to be encounters. People need to experience the power, the anointing, the glory of God and have supernatural encounters with the Lord. This is so important, so powerful. So uh, lastly, from church as a place, we go to worship God and, and to serve in ministry to apostolic centers that equip and send people out to transform cities and nations. That's the big difference right there. You know, for a long time, we've heard about when you come to this church, we're going to share with you the vision of the house. And we're going to ask you to get behind that vision, you know, serve, give your money, um, pray, do all these things. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. And we should have a vision, but ultimately the vision needs to be God's vision. The mission needs to be God's mission. And we can all come into agreement and, and alignment with that. There can be a cohesiveness about that. But we have to recognize that the call of fivefold ministry, according to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, is to see people equipped and um, come into the fullness of the stature of Christ and to fulfill their destiny, their calling, their purpose. So they are sent out once. They are uh, apostolic people. Uh, apostolic uh, means um, apostolos in Greek. It means to be sent out. So there are uh, people that are living on mission to fulfill the great commission, to reach all people. We talked about this in the gospel of the kingdom session, reaching the unreached peoples, reaching all nations with the gospel so that all people everywhere not only hear the gospel, but they're also discipled into the fullness of the uh, you know, the image conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. All right. The last part I want to touch on, and I know I'm giving you a lot of information, um, but I, I want to just look at some important features of apostolic centers, important features of apostolic centers. First of all, apostolic centers, we're referring to Jerusalem. We're referring to Antioch, uh, Corinth, is a type of an, anti, uh, an apostolic center, maybe more of a, a precursor, a prototype, and, and then ultimately Ephesus. You know, they were started by an apostle or apostles. And even in Paul's case, when an apostle decided to move on, like after he left Ephesus, for example, he appointed elders, and it seems that maybe even he had Timothy appoint the elders, or, or at least he told Timothy who the elders were to be. And But yet this apostolic relationship and authority continued, and you see Paul coming back. You see Paul still speaking into that church and, and addressing the elders and the leaders, so they respected his apostolic authority and that apostolic relationship continued after he left. Many places today, that no longer happens. 
You know, apostles are foundation layers. First Corinthians 3.10 speaks about that. And when you build a foundation as an apostle, and maybe someone else comes and builds upon that, you lay that foundation. Um, Paul says, you know, I, I, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. But the point is that what happens is sometimes you have this you you leave, you move on, but you have this relationship still. But in many places today, in denominations, they bring somebody in, and I've seen it happen so many times. They totally destroy the work that the apostle did, all the hard work that the apostle did, because they bring someone in who um, really, in many instances, I'll just say it, I don't believe it was God's will that person comes in to continue because the apostle should be involved in in appointing a successor that's the biblical way and what we see yes he has relationship with the people he's involved in that or at least with the leaders he has relationship so really important apostolic centers in the new testament new testament were strategically established in metropolitan areas I've already touched on this. For example, Antioch was the capital city of Syria. Corinth was the capital city of Achaia. Ephesus was the capital city of Asia Minor. They were all metropolitan regions and provincial capitals. Very important when you're talking about doing uh, something that's going to impact a large area. It seems to be the pattern in the New Testament is to go to these um, metropolitan regions, these cosmopolitan areas. Apostolic centers release the power of the kingdom with signs and wonders following. They take territory from the enemy and they shift the spiritual atmosphere. Guys, they pray, they do warfare, but they also demonstrate the power of the kingdom. Again, looking at Paul's example, Acts chapter 19, 11 through 20. God wrought or God performed extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul's so that handkerchiefs or aprons were taken from his body and they were placed on the sick. And those who were ill and had various diseases were healed. And those who were possessed, demons came out of them. And God did something powerful in such a way that when people saw the miracles, uh, they came and they brought their enchantments and their witchcraft and occult paraphernalia and they burned it in the fire. So many people came to Christ. They had such an impact on that area with people turning away from idols to the living God that the local craftsmen who, who um, made these idols became incensed and they attacked Paul and they wanted him uh, you know, killed really, but and because he had impacted the economy. You know, it's like, you go into an area that there's so many people that are drug users and you begin to go in there and people get radically saved and transformed and they stop taking drugs and the drug dealers get upset with you, you know, put it in the modern day context that you're looking at something close to that. So apostolic people, apostolic centers, guys, they come together to wage warfare and demonstrate the power of the kingdom and see um, the enemy dethroned and toppled in a region. You know, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning after they came back from their missionary trip when he sent them out in Luke uh, chapter 10. 
and it shifts the spiritual atmosphere. Okay, apostolic centers um, are discipleship and leadership development hubs for equipping God's people into maturity and ministry. Focus on training and equipping God's people. We're working with churches right now where these churches are like, yeah, we want to change and we want to be you know, equipped so we can really raise up people instead of just having an audience that shows up every Sunday. What if you had an army, an army that came together to receive marching orders, to be trained and equipped, to be sharpened, you know, um, and, and, but then to go out and make an impact, you know, and to serve together, to serve together in your city and region. Powerful. Apostolic centers also raised up and released fivefold ministry teams. You know, they, we see apostles and prophets, plurality of leaders working together in a region. Um, we see an example of that. We don't have time to get into all this. I have an entire, really several sessions I teach on how to build fivefold ministry teams. And it's based on the New Testament. Apostolic centers send out and resource missionaries. They send out and resource missionaries. Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas are sent out, but in Acts 14, verse 26, they come back to the church in Antioch uh, where they had been sent out. And it's obvious, it's implied that the church in Antioch was supporting them as they sent them out as well. Apostolic centers, lastly, link local churches and ministries together, like in a network, in order to establish um, alignment. So there's cooperation and collaboration. So we can see synergy for greater kingdom impact. It's amazing if we come together, what we can see take place when we work together, rather than all these people doing their own things, just kind of autonomously operating. What if we came together, churches in a region, the people of God? What if we pooled our resources and we, we shared vision and strategy and we worked on some things together? Because sometimes, you know, we're, we're all members of the body and each one of us has a very important role and special place uh, and unique contribution to make. And when we come together in that apostolic mandate to preach the gospel that came to the nations, to make disciples of the nations, and to see God change cities and nations around the world as he rocks them with the power of God, as people are, are discipled and, and they're set free from the powers of the enemy and they're transformed through through the word of God and, and through a lifestyle of following God and serving him and coming under the Lordship of Christ. What an incredible thing that is when we see that happen on the earth. Wow. I believe that apostolic centers are needed today more than ever before. Hello, everyone. Have you heard of my new podcast called The Power of Five, where we talk about all things fivefold ministry? This is Glenn Blakeney of Awake Nations Ministries. I encourage you to join us each week as we bring some of the most knowledgeable kingdom leaders from around the globe into the studio to chat about this current season of Reformation and specifically how the restoration of the fivefold ministry plays such an integral role in what the Lord is doing to restore and raise up a glorious church in these days. Hallelujah. 
Also, guys, please subscribe to The Power of Five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And would you also consider leaving a review, rating the podcast, and sharing on social media with your friends? Together, let's recover the glory of the Lord as we contend for reformation, revival, the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth. Thanks for listening to the Power of Five podcast. Be sure to visit kingdomcommunity.global to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our awesome bonus content. See you next time on the Power of Five.